welcome the onliners. And welcome everybody on this side. We're hoping somebody on that side will show up later. It happens once in a while. It's like Hank Johnson. I'm kind of worried that we'll tip. Just placed Remember that? You're worried about violence. That's so dumb. Because, you know, everybody's on that side. So, all right. Notice everybody's sitting this side of the church. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. What's it? Just a phenomenon. It must have been something in the food. Right. All right, let's go ahead and sing while we're uh, waiting for some people to show up on the other side. That's actually page three.
beautiful, joyful noise. And page four. Now this is one that Jenny writes. I know that. Some of you are familiar and some not. This is a little harder to follow. I sing it for the first time. But <clears throat> we'll go. Your redemption. 
out of the early 20th century, century ago, farther along. 31, praise God. Never 
fill one out, raise your hand. Janie, who just sat down, will get back up. <laughs> She'll grab the cards and pass them out with a pen or pencil. The onliners can send theirs to bbfohio at protonmail.com. Evening, everybody. Anoine, Bethany, Dale, good job, Hartman, and everyone else. <laughs> Good Good David Taylor. Everybody. I know we'd be here forever if we said everyone. We might have to start doing hillbilly haulers. Fancy schmancy music is to remind you to silence your cell phone ringer. Several of you ignore that and we hear it later, but we appreciate it if you do. Focus, self-awareness, pull out your phone, silence the cell phone ringer. Mine's on vibrate. Very considerate of everyone else around you. Now we got to get the sound check. We have a uh, couple of guests with us who came with Brian Lee tonight, so please be on your best behavior and try. What? I know some of it's really hard, but just try. We don't dance down aisles or anything. We're good. We just walk on I don't want you to run everybody out the first time they come to visit. Yeah, we won't do that. Now. Second time. But uh, we do... Uh, Appreciate having people come visit once in a while, don't we? Hey, Matt. We're just a bunch of normal, well, I don't know about that. We're just a bunch of people. And we love the Lord and we love each other and we try. Amen? Amen. What is it you say, John? Uh, you, you, when you come to BBF? You may be normal when you come here. Or you won't be when you leave. That that was it. that's one. There's another one. You say you may. So many ways. Yeah, which will treat you in so many ways that you're bound to like one of them. Yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> All right. Did I do the check before? There is good back there. We're in the book of Micah. It's in the Old Testament, and we will be finishing out our study of. Chapter 1 and verse 8. While you're doing that, I just want to take a minute and uh, I'm going to try to do this on a new computer. I'm not sure how well it's going to work. Let's see. Apparently it's working. Is it? What are you trying to do? Yeah, I didn't switch the screen on. <clears throat> getting used to this new computer and uh, I'm trying to bring up the browser. Yeah, Darren, he might have to help. He brings the reset as display. 
Well, I totally shut it down. It's still in the shop. Well, there's a dis this used to be easier. <coughs> and then I got a, this computer, and everything changed on me. Can you, well, you have to do the displays. Yeah, displays and. Do, um, do Windows Control. Go to your settings. Please stand by. Just let the techie in there. <laughs> I've just learned that you might as well just mess with it and get it done because it's always something like this. I spend a lot of my day just trying to figure out why things aren't working the way they used to. Every my phone the other day, I got an update. Oh, there it is. All right. So how do I get back? Let's do uh, Windows tab. So this is our website, bbfohio.com. And I'm asked this kind of stuff. I just want you to know how easy this is. You just go to the website, not the computer. You go to bbfohio.com, and all you do is, um, right there where it says it's a wrap, that'll actually have a countdown before we go live. Now that we're live, it's showing that. Um, and there it is. There's our... That's all you had to do. Go to bbfhow.com and all you do is scroll down just a little bit and there's the player where it comes up automatically. You don't have to do anything. And if you hit the play that. button, you'll see yourself and that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Let's see. I just want you to know how easy this is. Just go to But then, you, uh, just FYI, if you're, we've only had one time that sermon audio went down. And the problem was them. The rest of the time, it's been local issues with people with their own. You Right below the uh, monitor, the player, if it's not working and your internet's down, you can call a phone number. And you put in the code and you can listen. As long as you don't run, you know, most of you have unlimited minutes. If you have unlimited minutes, then you might want to make sure you're not going to run out. But all the instructions are right there. There's even links where you can go and look at the uh, hymn book when we're, reading, when we're singing out of the hymn book. That's all right there. All you got to do is scroll down a little bit. And you're not responsible for any of the ads that appear before the hymns. The, the hymns? <laughs> no. Yeah, it connects you to Rumble, and sometimes you have Oh, that's not, yeah, that's, that's not, that just goes to the hymn book. Oh, the hymn book. Yeah. But yeah, anytime <laughs> you watch our stuff on Rumble, I don't think they put too bad stuff on there. Oh, okay. But uh, then on our radio program, I'll say, you know, this is part one of two. I always tell everybody that the second part of the conclusion can be found on our website. And that's all you got to do. Go right there. If you caught the, uh, if you were listening, if you say Sunday you're listening and you hear part one of he gave not God glory, you just go here and you can hear part two. You can watch it. Click on the video to the right, or click this button here, and you listen to it. It's just audio. And so that, and then you scroll down and take a look at what else. We have the information to contact the Senate, our information about Israel, et cetera, et cetera. That video, that's been viewed about 20,000 times since we posted up there. Amen. The most important thing about salvation. So just wanted to go over that, and I made it look harder because our computer, but I promise you that doesn't have anything to do with using the website. And so, 
back. So you can show other people that they have problems making it work. With that, we ask you to hold your questions and comments to the end of. If I can make it work. Israel at war. Today is 124-24, and this is day 110 since the October 7th massacre. Um, I urge you to talk to people if they talk if they think uh, anything um, and they sound like they don't know what they're talking about. Please tell them to go watch the videos of what happened on October 7th before forming an opinion. A lot of people have no idea of all the rapes, the gang rapes, the beheadings, and all the things that happened on October 7th, and then they form an opinion. And in Proverbs 18, 13, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. And most people talking about Israel right now have never looked at all the information, and it's folly and shame unto them. Hostage deals are all the talk. How many of you heard him talk about that? They, mm -hmm. The one where they're going to get like a two-month ceasefire and all that. But Hamas said uh, to reject Israel's latest hostage deal offer was the uh, headline that I saw. Um, as it toughens its stance. And uh, Israel denies dealing at all. <laughs> so who knows what's going on. Hamas says they denied the deal. Israel says we didn't make a deal. What are you talking about? Um, Israel denies hostage talks advancing as lawmakers balk at talk of military arrested. So the lawmakers themselves are the ones that are saying, no, wait a minute. Um, Smotrich says reported outline of agreement has, quote, big and dangerous question marks. So they're very concerned about it. But regardless, something to watch for in the next couple of days, um, the world judgment against Israel this weekend. There's potentially going to be the entire world, basically, coming against Israel. Um, the International Court of Justice is the name of that court. It has no real standing. Our Constitution does not allow for this. Um, but we are being run by globalists who, are, who don't care about the Constitution. And so that's why this kind of stuff is taking effect. And that's coming up Friday. In the meantime, they've got people over in Israel who think they're doing something right. They're blocking traffic, demanding that Israel do whatever Hamas wants so they can get their hostages. And uh, it, we don't have time to get into all that, but that's a foolish move on their part. So Israel could potentially be dismissed from, or they may choose to resign from, membership at the United Nations. Now... That would be huge, but the interesting thing about that, it, this could fulfill the following prophecy about Israel in the last days. The Bible says, Lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Amen, that's right. Isn't that an amazing Bible prophecy? Amen. Yes. And there's numbers. And, huh? Numbers, numbers 23, 9. And uh, that... By the time you come to Revelation 12, which is 
tact. And it takes place in the middle of the tribulation. Um, three and a half years in after the mark of the beast and after the confirmation of the covenant and everything's all kicked in, um, then Revelation 12 says that Israel not only won't be reckoned among the nations, they'll be kicked out of the land again. They'll go down into Petra and that area in Seir and the wilderness and the Negev down in actually in parts of Jordan today, the country of Jordan. And uh, so that's where this is heading. The Bible is coming to pass right before our eyes. And so many people seem to be totally clueless about it. Number two, SCOTUS stands for Supreme Court of the United States. Rules against the states. Did you hear about this? The U.S. Supreme Court yeah. says Texas can't block federal agents from the border. And uh, the high court's order effectively maintains long-running precedent that the federal government, not individual states, has authority to enforce border security. But there's a problem with that theory. Texas Governor Abbott correctly responded. He released a statement, quote, I have already declared an invasion to invoke Texas constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. Amen. Amen. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. And that's Amen. constitutional Amen. law Amen. right there. Amen. Um, but it's important to note the SCOTUS vote. Yep. Five, including four women, Kagan, Sotomayor, Brown, Jackson, and Barrett, and gay activist male judge John Roberts. Those are the five who voted against the states in this case. Wow. Now, it doesn't matter that they're women. It matters that they are women who evidently are going based on feelings rather than the law. Yeah. And then this guy, John Roberts, you know, he, he has done, before he became a Supreme Court Justice, he did pro bono work for gay activists. Mm. And some of the stuff he was involved in was just disgusting. Of course, he's a Bush appointee. Wow. The only four real men on the court voted Amen. for the American people, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Thomas, and Alito. God bless those men. Now look at this. Isaiah 3.12. If anybody's a feminist, don't get mad at me. This is God's word, not mine. God's word says, Isaiah 3.12, As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err, destroy the way of thy paths. Now, there's been women who have ruled, and they've done good. I mean, they've dead birth the prophetess always comes up. Um... But in more recent history, Victoria, Queen Victoria. Yep. Amen. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Right. Known. Uh, Christy Known. Christy Known of South Dakota. I, I think she's done a respectable job. Yes, Sarah Huckabee Sanders in Arkansas. You know. Yep. Amen. But um, one of the reasons that we've needed these women to step up is because so few men are worth anything in this country right now that are in politics. Uh, the men are crooked, and they are a lot of them are effeminate. They don't stand for the Constitution. All this is fulfilling Bible prophecy. And despite Barrett's fail, Trump's appointees have been good for us, the 
the American people, 90% of the time, outranking all others. Everybody likes to say Republican or Democrat, don't matter. Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. What matters is whether or not they are constitutionalists or not. And the constitutionalists on the court, to his credit, I think it was George H.W. who put uh, Thomas on the Supreme Court. Yeah, senior, yeah. Yeah. So, with that, the last thing I want to mention before moving on is HB 68 and the override of the veto. How many of you saw the vote? The Ohio Senate voted to override Governor Mike DeWine's veto of a bill regarding gender-affirming care, which is a lie. This isn't about gender-affirming care. This is about not allowing children to take hormone therapy that causes irreversible damage to their bodies, not allowing children to have mastectomies and other brutal uh, operations removing parts of their body. Wow. And then the women, after they have their breasts removed, then they have the skin from their arm, their forearm, and makes it look deformed so that they can make a fake penis and sew it on them. The men who have their penis removed, they then have a fake vagina, and for the rest of their lives, they're fighting infections and things down there. It's just a, And these people, you listen to them, it's brutal, but folks we got to face the reality of what this is about. And you listen to these people who are in the age of 14, 15, 16, 17 are allowed to make these choices when they're not even allowed to buy a beer. Yeah. Drive a car. They're not, well, they, yeah, under 16, you can't drive a car. They can't get a tattoo. They can't even take aspirin to school. Yeah. But our insane, stupid leaders have been allowing children who say, well, I feel this way. Man, you want to hear what I felt before I turned 18? You don't want to hear it. Some of it would be embarrassing. Other would be embarrassing to me. A lot of it's just nutty. You're like, what? That's what kids are. That's what kids are. Mm -hmm. And allowing children to do this is child abuse. Yes. Amen. So thank God that Mike DeWine was overridden. Amen. Again, doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat. DeWine is a Republican. That the, the, what matters is if someone is a constitutionalist and do they believe in God and the Bible. Go back and read the Founding Fathers. They said this country was only intended for a moral people who believed in God and the Bible. And they predicted if the American people got away from that, it would die as a nation. Yeah. And that's where we're heading. It's a big victory, but this is a permanent war for us. You might as well get used to it. We're constantly going to be praying against these things, making the phone calls, voting certain ways, sending emails, whatever. It's just going to be, not to mention all the family problems you're you're having and going to continue to have over this stuff. Because as our family members go into the pits of hell with their love of Sodom and their love of wickedness, it's going to cost you relationships. Yeah. That's just the reality. And Jesus predicted that, again, fulfilling the Bible. Jesus said that would happen. Right up until the rapture. That's why we pray. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
All right. Be informed, pray, and act accordingly, and we'll take a couple of comments or questions if you got them. Anybody? John? Well, um, in the three states on the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, and California, where they allowed the mutilation of children, um, I found out that there's a group of Christians on the other side of the border who are working with terrorists. So uh, the parents whose kids have been taken from the government to have the, that stuff done, the parents move across the border and uh, these Christians go ahead to find out where the kid is and they kidnap them and bring them back over the state lines. That is a sad commentary on our culture. And they sad also are in, enforcing rules that if you as a foster parent will not go along with this transgender you know, transition and everything, they won't let you foster. And the uh, Alliance Defending Freedom and other legal outfits are fighting in court to, you know, protect these foster parents and uh, enable them to still have children. Uh, but there's, right now in several states, if you do not give your word and commit yourself to yeah. accommodating this transitional stuff, then they won't let you adopt kids or foster kids. Yeah. I think in Scotland, you can go to jail for seven years. There's a, several countries over in England that have gone that route. Yeah. Well, then you mean Europe. Oh, in England, I'd say England. Europe, yeah. yeah. And uh, mostly Europe. I was going to say there's, there's not many, but there's a couple in South America. Anybody else? All right, well, let's open with a word of prayer and get into our Bible study then. Micah chapter 1. We'll get into the study in just a moment. Give everybody a chance to read the Bible and get there. Brother Jim, will you open the Bible study prayer? Lord, Father, we ask your blessing over the service tonight. Thank you for what pastors prepared for us, Lord. And Lord, thank you for small victories. We don't take them for granted, Lord. Thank you for answers to prayer. Yes. Lord, it's easy to grow weary, but you say, you know, faint not. So we're going to stand strong, Lord, hopefully to your return for your church. Yes. Lord, we just pray you'll continue to be with us, give us godly wisdom, godly discernment, Lord, to conduct our lives as, as you would have us do so. We just uh, pray for traveling mercies for everyone on the way home, Lord. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Micah's Lamentation. Micah chapter 1, verses 8 through 16. And uh, we're going to close our study of Micah 1. We started last week with Micah's Lamentation over Israel's apostasy. And, uh, you know, the reality is uh, Israel as a nation right now in the modern era is in apostasy. Yeah. They, they are, uh, I mentioned this before, but more than 80% of the citizens of Israel are atheists or agnostic. Less than 2%, the last I checked, less than 2% are believers in Christ. And so uh, that explains why the rapture could happen any moment, and within three and a half years or, or thereabouts after the rapture, they're totally kicked out of the land again. <laughs> why? That's why. 
what few Christians are there going to go up in the rapture? So let's read the even verses. 8 through 16. Start with me there in verse 8. Therefore I will wail and howl. I will go stripped and naked. I will make a wailing like the dragons and mourning as the owls. For her wound is incurable. For it is come unto Judah. He is come unto the gate of my people, even to Jerusalem. Declare ye it not at Gath. Weep ye not at all. In the house of Ephraim, roll thyself in the dust. Pass ye away, thou inhabitant of Sapher, having thy shame naked. The inhabitant of Zanon came not forth in the morning of Bethazel. He shall receive of you his standing. For the inhabitant of Merah waited carefully for good, but evil came down from the Lord unto the gate of Jerusalem. O thou inhabitant of Lachish, bind the chariot to the swift beast. She is the beginning of the sin of the daughter of Zion, for the transgressions of Israel were found in thee. Therefore shalt thou give presents to Moreshethgath, the houses of Axie shall be alive to the kings of Israel. Yet will I bring an heir unto thee, O inhabitant of Merishah. He shall come unto Adullam, the glory of Israel. Make thee bald and pull thee for thy delicate children. Enlarge thy baldness as the eagle, for they are gone into captivity from thee. Amen? Amen. So uh, Micah expresses his grief. And that's what a lot of this is about as we'll go through it line upon line, verse by verse, at the justice of God. God isn't just this mean ogre in the Old Testament. The holy God must punish sin. That's it, the bottom line. So the question is, have you received the punishment Christ suffered on the cross in your place on your behalf? And if so, then it is finished. And that's what the children of Israel just would take those animals to that temple and offer the blood sacrifice and because they weren't in the Bible, they didn't read their Bible, they didn't listen to the Bible read to them in the synagogues and elsewhere, they weren't familiar with the Bible so they missed the whole picture. And uh, Micah will lament, verse 8 and I will look at that and then there's a call to mourn verses 10 through 13 and then he closes with the fact of they're facing captivity in verses 14 through 16. We should never forget that the prophets were patriots. You consider yourself a patriot? Amen. You ought to. We ought to be patriots. Amen. Who loved the very nation they were called upon to prophesy against. I tell everybody, I am America first. Amen. I'm not America only. That's not the same thing. A lot of people who say they're America first, they're America only, and that's not right. But I think anybody, if I'm talking to somebody who's from uh, England, they should be UK first. Amen. Mm -hmm. Canada should be Canada first. And then as allies, we're not America only, we're not Canada only, we're not England only, but uh, we are to be patriots, just like Micah, loved the very nation that these prophets, including Micah, were called upon to prophesy against. You know, when we preach against sin, it's not because we don't love you. 
It's because we love you that we preach against that sin. If I see you going off a cliff and I said, stop, you're going off a cliff. Shut up. <laughs> you're offending me. There's that picture right behind you. Yeah, that's what these people are doing here. I've had people tell me something and warn me about something and I'm very grateful that I listen. I'm thankful. I tell them, thank you. Amen. Yeah, you have somebody wake you up in the middle of the night. You know what time it is. Your house is on fire. I'll leave me alone. That's what it's like when you preach against sin and someone who's in that sin gets mad at you for telling them the truth. Of course, we have the sign. Some of you need a sign. <laughs> we love you enough to tell you the truth. That's what a true Christian will love you. And Micah loved his people enough to tell them the truth. But that's what we read about in the first seven verses is the judgment of God coming down on Israel and the northern kingdom and Judah, the southern kingdom by this time, because they will not listen to God. They will not listen to God's word. Then verse 8, as we read, Therefore I will wail, and how this is Micah. I will go strip the naked. That sounds funny. You're like, what? And uh, please don't demonstrate. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not hyperbole. He says, I will make a wailing like the dragons and mourning as the owls. I guess if you've lost something important enough in your life, you know what this is talking about. And that's how important this is to Micah. When people mourn tragic death, they would actually strip down and throw ashes on themselves and wail. They still, you know, you'll still see that in some of the more horrific scenes in the world these days. Um, this was the death of the kingdom of Israel. Now, of course, the kingdom was split this time. There's the south and the north, but they're brethren. It's what happened during the Civil War um, in the 1860s here. They're literally brothers against brothers, blood relatives fighting one another. They loved each other, but there was it was a war, and it was terrible. In this case, there's not a war going on between the two. In this case, the north and the south are being invaded by Assyria. And the kingdom of Israel would never rise again. And it won't rise again until Jesus the Messiah returns to reign. You know that? Since the north was taken away, 700s, by 586 the south is totally done and gone to Babylon. That's the book of Daniel, Daniel and the lion's den, all that took place during that, after the south was taken. From that point on, no king. When Jesus came, 500 some years later, almost 600 years later, no king. There hasn't been a king, and there won't be a king until the coronation of King Jesus. Amen. Something to look forward to. That's all about the Christmas story that's left out a lot of time. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 and verses 30 through 33. And it's just one of the main points of the coming of Jesus Christ is that he is going to be the next king of Israel, literally sitting on the throne. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Mary is a woman of favor. She's not to be prayed to. She's not to be worshipped. But she is to be loved. 
and appreciated. She's blessed among women. Thou hast found favor with God. So don't go one too far one way or the other. Some people can go too far and worship Mary. Others go too far and they just totally ignore her. I can't wait to meet Mary after I meet her son. Yeah. <laughs> See? Got your priorities right. Amen? Amen. Verse 31, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and shalt bring forth, I'm sorry, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name what? Jesus. And then read 32 with me. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Read 33 too. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's not to be taken metaphorically. That's not to be spiritualized. That is just as surely as Jesus was born and was named Jesus literally. Was he not? Yes. Yeah. Why wouldn't the rest be literal? <laughs> he was born just like it said. He was named Jesus just like it says. He is going to rule and reign. He's going to be the next king. After all this, we'll read about in Micah. So keep that in mind. It can get a little dark and heavy at times when you're reading these prophets. But keep that in mind. This is all going to end well. <laughs> when God's plan unfolds. Huh? You've read the back of the book. Yes, we've read the back of the book. But in Micah's lifetime, utter destruction and death of a huge number of his countrymen. And he knew that. And uh, that's... Something that most of the people we know who've gone through something like that have passed on. Yeah. My grandpa's Harold and Norman called uh, Harold uh, Miller and Norman. They called Cotton. He was originally from Georgia, and they both fought in a war where millions of people died and they lost uh, friends back from home. They lost friends that they got. They made in the military. Um, can you imagine? I mean, have you ever just sat and thought about what that'd be like? We've seen conflict. Uh, the Desert Operation Desert Storm in '90, uh, the War on Terror, what went on in Afghanistan, Iraq, and I had a couple of buddies die. Vietnam. Then it will you can go back to Vietnam, Korea. Bad enough. Bad enough as, you know, what was it? Vietnam was 50,000? 58,000. But then how many were in in uh, World War One, World War Two? I mean, it's just amazing. And uh, even small towns just uh, seemed like every few weeks somebody else was being reported deceased or, or missing in action and everything. There's a local boy here in Worthington that was one of Matt's. Oh, and the Iraq, or the war on terror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what Micah is going to go through is going to be, um, I guess you'd say like a per capita base, worse than World War One or World War Two. The slaughter is unbearably difficult to read about when you read the accounts. And he knows it. He's a prophet. He's been told all this. So in verse 9, For her wound is incurable, for it is coming to Judah. So it's not just the northern kingdom. 
the south is going to be invaded by Assyria. Now, they won't be taken away by Assyria, but they do suffer losses, and it gets pretty, um, pretty scary there for a while. We don't have time to go back and read it, but about Sennacherib and everything that happened, they were saved by a miracle of God. He says, He is come unto the gate of my people, even to Jerusalem. That's something no Americans really felt since the Civil War. Um, having the enemy at your, the edge of town. <laughs> I mean, think of that. Do you imagine? You need to see the, hear the bombs and everything. What's going on in Gaza right now? Um, we, I don't like war, and I, I hope Israel's able to end this ASAP. And I can't imagine, especially what these innocent kids are going through. But you don't blame Israel. You blame who caused it. Hamas. In this case, you don't, even, you don't blame God. You blame Israel. They're bringing this down on themselves. Judah is bringing this down on themselves. How? Apostasy. Rebellion. Wickedness. Adjustment. Um, okay, I hope this isn't dumb. But you said about the kids. So we should feel bad for the kids of the Hamas. Yeah, we they're getting taught to shoot and all that. Well, that's a certain age where they're doing that. But the kids, the kids are uh, victims like, of that. Like I mean, little bitty two and three year olds. If your parents had given you a gun at six years old and said kill the Jews, you would have done it too. That's yeah. kids. Yeah. So we don't hold it against the kids. But when they grow up and choose to continue in that, then that's when they bring it on themselves. They bring it, you know, we, as we say, 80% plus of the citizens in Gaza support Hamas and what they did. Um, the only innocents in this are really the children. But if you want to call that genocide, as I've said, you have to then say, well, America is a country built on genocide. America committed genocide in World War I and World War II. If that's your definition of genocide, then America is a wicked country that's a genocidal maniac uh, country. <laughs> but that's not the true definition of genocide. Genocide is an effort to actually annihilate people, as they were trying to do in the Jews in World War II. Um, that was genocide. What they did to the Armenians in Turkey um, the early in the early 20th century, that was genocide. Amen. There's, there's been attempts at wiping people out, and that's genocide. Nigeria, southern Nigeria is undergoing a genocide right now by the Muslims. Why aren't they out in the streets parading and writing about that? Because it's not Jews doing it. They only get excited about genocide when Jews are killing people. <laughs> and so uh, that's a little commentary again on what's going on over there. But in our text, the north is defeated and the south is facing future defeat. Um, that's the bottom line. Now, if you look on a map, you see Assyria is over there where today would be modern-time Iraq and actually uh, Syria. Not Assyria is the ancient group. Syria um, came about about that same time, but was came by and came to power later, and uh, all the way down into Lebanon, which is north of Syria, and even over into parts of what would be modern Iran. There's a map um, by comparison today. And if you look in the orange, put it over there, and you'll see that uh, us area, what, um, all the way up to Nineveh uh, in the north, all the way down uh, to southern Iraq, 
at the end of the Euphrates and Tigris rivers and all that. Well, they came over there and then they took all the, you see, they came down to right to Jerusalem, not into Jerusalem. They took the northern part of northern, uh, of the southern kingdom and the entire northern kingdom. And they took them off and in, other, in, in addition to other brutal things, um, they took them off to, as a matter of fact, what happened on October 7th with Hamas was very similar to what Assyria did. It was just a larger, larger scale. So based on that, then Micah puts out a call to mourn. In verse 10, beginning, he says, Declare ye it not at Gath. Of course, we've talked about that's the Philistines region, which is part, includes today's Gaza. Weep ye not at all in the house of Ephrah. Roll thyself in the dust. Um, that's a place in Judah. So he's basically saying this. Don't mourn in front of the enemy at Gath. Philistine Gath. But in your own cities and homes is where you should mourn. And uh, that's a... That God is saying this through... Micah. Why? Well, you know, you're embarrassing yourself and it's your own fault that these things happen. So that's why, I believe that's why he's saying that. Then verse 11. Pass ye away, thou inhabitant of Saphir, having thy shame naked. How many of you have seen, when you see these videos, we have film of World War One and onward. And you almost always see the people who are defeated walking around naked. Yeah. And part of that is to shame them. It's to belittle them. To It's in inhumane treatment. Uh, I would not support my country if they fought a war and took prisoners and treated them like that. Um, but that's the Judeo-Christian ethic. A lot of countries don't have that. Mm -hmm. So they don't treat people with any kind of humanity. So these are towns of Judah. And Micah is saying, your day is coming. The north is gone. The south is going to be spared. Your day is coming. <laughs> Saphir, Zanan, Bethazel. Verse 12. For the inhabitant of Merah, Waited carefully for good, but evil came down from the Lord unto the gate of Jerusalem. See, that's what the series coming down, but they they're stopped before they get to Jerusalem. And uh, Meroth expected some miraculous deliverance, but received judgment. But evil came down. From the Lord unto the gate of Jerusalem. In other words, their positive thinking got them nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, the power of positive thinking. That was a big thing when I was a kid. But really a lot of what is in Christianity today is nothing but a rehashed version of that. So that they can write books and get copyrights and make money. But folks... Um, the power isn't in you unless you're a Christian. If you're a Christian and you have the Spirit of God in you, 
That's when the power is in you, but it's not of you. It's of him. And that's why you see so many people into the positive thinking things. You see them working out in the gym and they have the headphones on. You're thinking they might be listening to music. And instead they're hearing somebody say, you're wonderful. You are amazing. You can do anything if you just put your mind to it. You know? <laughs> when Jenny and I met, um, we met in the elevator to start with. It's a great place to pick up chicks. <laughs> And uh, and she just happened to work out in the wellness center where I worked out. And so she saw me over and I got my headphones on. I'm working out. And she's... Uh, nosy. She, nosy. I was, I was trying to think of another word. And so she just walks up and she says, So what are you listening to? And I, she was probably... I think you said you just wondering what kind of music I was listening to. I just want to know what you were listening to. Yeah. But I was actually listening to Alexander Scorby. He's reading the Bible. And you should have seen her face. <laughs> but I always wonder what I wonder what difference it would have made if it would have been some tape with some guy saying, You're just wonderful. You are amazing. You're you know what I mean? Hey, you want to listen to it? Yeah, here, put them on, put them on. Probably never would have got a date. <laughs> So, uh, I have to thank Scorby when he get to heaven. <laughs> Thanks for helping me out there, pal. But it's not about positive thinking. It is about faith. And it's not faith in your faith. That's the way a lot of Christian teachers sell it. If you just believe enough, you'll get rich. You'll never get sick. Or you'll be healed. It's not about your faith in your faith. It's about your faith in God. And then you demonstrate your faith in God by saying, Thy will be done. You want to be Christ-like? Everybody's always talking about being Christ-like. How did Christ face it? Thy will be done. Even Jesus said, Now if there's any way you can take this cup from me, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> But thy will be done. And you then wait and see what his answer is going to be. And whatever his answer is, your answer should then be, I'm good with that. Because in this life, God may say no. God may allow you to go through some difficulties in your life. Um, I mean, most of us are going to get sick and die if the rapture don't happen. It's going to happen. So what do you do about that? God. Trust God because in your death you are assured as Jesus said in John eleven twenty five. Jesus said unto her I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live. I've numerous times been with somebody mourning the death of someone or going through a real rough time and someone's sick and it looks like they're not going to make it. And that's, I quote that verse. I urge you to memorize John eleven twenty five. 25. Thy word have I hid in my heart. John eleven twenty five, So that you can also, as Peter says, be ready always to give an answer for the hope that is in you. There's no better answer than to quote Jesus. Amen. 
And that's Jesus talking. John eleven twenty five. It's not positive thinking unless you want to spin that and say, well, I'm positive about God. Yeah. I'm positive about God's word. That's fine. But we continue there, verse 13. O thou inhabitant of Lachish, bind the chariot to the swift beast. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound like it, not something we would say to each other, but it really is pretty clear. Think about what that says. Bind the chariot to the swift beast. She is the beginning of the sin of the daughter to, of Zion. Uh, I'll say it again. The beginning of the sin to the daughter of Zion for the transgressions of Israel were found in thee. So what's he saying? Judah was infected with apostasy that Israel was infected with. It's now spread to the south and increased in the south. You remember we mentioned last week when Rehoboam showed his foolishness, the people rebelled, the kingdom split, and then Jeroboam started a new religion. Because <laughs> he said, well, when they go down to Jerusalem, they'll want to stay. So I'll make some calves. Have you not read Exodus? <laughs> yeah. Aaron tried that, remember? It didn't work out. No. Doesn't matter. Jeroboam says, here are thy gods. And I'm like, you know, can't you come up with something better than a cow? Exactly. I mean, Mary can tell you, they're not worthy of worship. <laughs> She's, they're worthy of, you know, eating. eating yeah. Yeah, or milking or whatever. But the idea that they give up worship of God for a cow and, and that, that whole thing that then turns into this infectious disease of the soul and then God just gives them over to Syria. But it infected the south as well because God would call on the south to separate from that Apostasy in the north, and they did not listen to him. They yoked up time and again with the north in apostasy, and it just spread into the south. And uh, when it's talking about Lachish, it's talking about going even to the depths of the south, down to Lachish, which is in the south. So he says, bind the chariot to the swift beast. In other words, get ready to run for your life. That's what he's saying. Get ready to run. And so that's why they're facing captivity. Picking up verse 14 through 16. Therefore shalt thou give presents to Morashethgath. Meaning you're going to try to pay them off to help you and protect you. The houses of Akzib shall be a lie to the kings of Israel. So hiring the Philistines will be of no use. And uh, it, it'll blow up in their face. Then verse 15 starts with saying, Yet will I bring an heir unto thee. In other words, the king of Assyria basically inherits the job. Not because he's a wonderful king, he's a wicked, evil man. But God's going to use him. He inherits the job of conquering, and he would conquer Israel. So it says, O inhabitant of Merishah, and uh, Micah is denouncing his own hometown. You remember we started last week by talking about Micah is from Merishah. So he's basically rebuking his own hometown. Well, that doesn't get you uh, very far with people in your own hometown. No. <laughs> That's your own family, your own circle of friends, however you want to define that. 
If you stand up for God, you're liable to uh, lose a lot of relationships, a lot of invitations to family gatherings and things like that. How to lose friends and not influence people. Yeah, how to lose friends and not influence people. <laughs> Matthew Henry puts it this way, that was the prophet's own city and yet he denounces the judgments of God against it for it shall be an aggravation of its sin that it had such a prophet. In other words, it's, it's even worse for people who have a prophet right there in their midst appealing to them and they ignore everything he's saying and knew not the day of his visitation. It's being thus privileged since it improved not the privilege shall not procure favor for it either with God or with his prophet. That might be a little 18th century for you, but Jesus spoke of the same principle in judgment over in John 15. Turn there real quick. So we're going to wrap this up, but I want to read a couple places before we close real quick. John 15, the words of Jesus, beginning of verse 18. You remember some of these? If the world hate you, you know it, that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. That's what it's like for many of us now already, and it's going to just get worse, I believe. The worst is yet to come. <laughs> Verse 20. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. There's the alternative. And uh, verse 21, But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Read uh, 22 to 25 with me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hated me hated my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my Father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. And folks, that's you got to keep that in mind when you stand up for the Lord. You're going to be hated. Yeah. But always remember that it's not really you that they're hating. They're hating what you stand for. And it's not you they hate, it's him. Yeah. That's why I tell people whenever they, they can, it happened today in an email. Some guy emailed me a really nasty email. Somebody dropped a gospel tract in an envelope and mailed it to him. Uh oh. And his response was to bring up Trump. <laughs> I'm like this is a chick track it doesn't mention Donald Trump anywhere in there they they when uh, most of the people who start lashing out against Donald Trump they have somehow made this association they hate Jesus and he ain't Jesus so it's just kind of wild but somehow they identify Christians with Donald Trump. Why? Not because of Donald Trump, but because of things he st stood for, like being opposed to abortion, and his appointments did away with Roe v. Wade. We're very thankful for that. 
and you know, so on and so forth. But it's just wild this Trump derangement syndrome and how it has turned them. They will use the political as an excuse for hating you, but the reality is it's Jesus. It's your stand for what's right versus what's wrong. Life and light. And Life and light versus evil and death. Darkness. You're against murdering unborn children. They want to kill the babies. You're against gun control. They want everybody stripped of their guns so that they can end up in camps. I mean, death. Got to get used to it. That's what Jesus was talking about. Micah understood that their rejection was not of him, but of God's word. We have to keep our focus and keep that in mind. And they were getting what they asked for. Verse 15 again, he says, He shall come unto Adullam, the glory of Israel. You may recall, some of you might recall, King David hiding in the cave of Adullam outside of Jerusalem. They don't really know where that's at. Um, there's one place where they claim they think it is, and it's pretty big and would have held all of David and his great men. So it might be, but there's no real evidence for it. It's a beautiful region outside of Jerusalem with hills and forests and caves. You can see it on the map there. It's just southwest of Jerusalem and, and uh, Bethlehem, actually. So even though not in Jerusalem city limits, it was associated with the capital of Judah. It's kind of like the Columbus Zoo. <laughs> and not, you know, the same, but similar. As the Columbus Zoo, I don't know if you know, it's not in Columbus. Right. It's in Powell, right? And that's the way Adullam was with Jerusalem. It's outside of Jerusalem, but it was considered part of like greater Jerusalem, as they call it. So captivity calls for mourning. Israel is removed from the land. Verse 16. And that's why he says this. Make thee bald and pull thee for thy delicate children. Enlarge thy boldness as the eagle, for they are gone into captivity from thee. That's the way they mourned. However, you would say in our culture, you would say the similar things. Not very many people shave their heads or do that sort of thing that they did back then, but we have our own way of dealing with it. And that's what he would be calling on us to do. And that says it all. For they are gone into captivity from thee. That is just... If you think about the amazing kingdom that was Israel, and now it's gone. Hear God's word and live. This is Micah's message, but it's our message to the world. Hear God's word and live, or reject God's word and die. He puts life and death before every man, and we are his messengers to do so. Put life and death. Let's close John 14. Verses 18 to 24. John 14, 18 to 24. You can read the, uh, well, let me read 18, 19. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Read the even with me through 24. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us 
and not unto the world. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he heareth not mine, but the Father's which sent me. That's how simple it is for everyone in this room, everyone watching online, everybody that will hear this at any time. If you hear his words and keep his words, you're demonstrating you belong to him. Amen. If you refuse to hear and keep his words, you're demonstrating you don't belong to him. And the most important person to convince one way or the other is him. Yeah, amen. If you live your life in a way that the Lord is pleased with you, the rest, the, everybody else will either come along and, and confirm you in your faith or they're not right. Amen? Amen. It's real simple. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time in your word and everything we've learned. We thank you for the promise of the coming kingdom and everything between now and then that you've told us about so that we know that you are in control. And yes, we've read the back of the book. And we win because we are in Christ. Amen. And Christ is the victor, the risen Savior, wonderful Lord and King. In his precious name we thank you. Amen. Amen. Alright, let's stand and sing the closer. Thanks. <laughs> Say goodbye to the onliners on three. One, two, three. See you here, there, or in the air.